And I also want to just let everybody know that a uh, happy Thanksgiving that's uh, coming up here this uh, coming later this week. And uh, it's, a good, it's a good season full of good food that intoxicates you and just makes you numb and makes you sleep. And it's really good. Amen. Amen. You guys have probably have heard of that old book by a guy by the name of Norman Vincent Peels that says the, he wrote a book, a very famous book back uh, many years ago called The Power of Positive Thinking. And today I have a message I want to bring to you entitled The Power of Positive Thinking. The Power of Positive Thinking. And uh, we're going to look at this today as we go into this season. And uh, I have a word I feel like the Lord has uh, put in my spirit, being a thankful person, being a person of gratitude in life is a very important concept in God's word. It's referred to over a hundred times in the Old Testament. It's referred to nearly a hundred times in the New Testament. And uh, in almost every case where it talks about being thankful and expressing a heart of gratitude, it's always mostly not just about having thanksgiving for something in your life, but to someone in your life. And in most of the cases, it actually is in relationship to being thankful to the Lord and uh, for all the things that he has brought into your life. And so we're going to talk about this today. And uh, I want to go to kind of a, a, a famous or uh, kind of a well-known story in Jesus' uh, life when he was here on the earth. And it's found in Luke chapter 17. And I want to read this little episode to you. And uh, this will kind of get us started today in this idea of the power of positive thinking. And so I want to read out of Luke chapter 17, beginning at verse 11, and this is what the word says. Now it happened as he, that's referring to Jesus, as Jesus went to Jerusalem, that he passed by through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then as he would enter the village, a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers, who stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, Go show yourself to the priests. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed or they were healed of their leprosy. And when one of them saw that he was healed, he returned with a loud voice, glorifying God, and fell down on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. So Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten cleansed? Were there not ten people that were healed? But where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Arise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. So I want to talk about the power of positive thinking. Holy Spirit, we welcome you here today. And we all need to hear from you. We all need to hear the living word of God. We thank you for being in your presence already today in worship and praise. And God, we invite you now to pour out your power through your word into every one of our hearts. 
In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody says amen. All right, so when I was thinking of this idea of the power of positive thinking, which is not an original idea, I probably read it or heard it somewhere, but I got to thinking about what are the benefits of a heart of gratitude, or what are the benefits of being a thankful person. So I did a little research, and I came across some research that Harvard Health had done, and they used this, uh, and now I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm moving into realms I know nothing about, but I, I read about it. So, but I'm just going to convey things that I read from them. They, they have this, uh, what they call an fMRI machine. It's a brain scanner. And they are able to scan the brain to uh, measure the brain activity when people are doing certain things. And so they put these people through various tests where they were... Uh, showing gratitude in different kinds of ways. They would maybe write a card or a letter of gratitude or they were expressing gratitude to friends verbally or they were giving gifts to people out of gratitude. And while they were doing this with this scanner on them, their brains lit up literally. The front, the neural front cortex of the brain began to lit, light up and fire and they determined that this, uh, this, uh, the action of gratitude was very powerful activity in the brain function of people and that it actually had a very long-lasting effect. Long after it was over, they would still test these folks and found out that because of their gratitude and because of their thanksgiving, because they took the time to express it, that it had long-lasting effects on the way they thought about life. And one of the overarching or, or main things that they, they learned through these various tests that they did, many of them, was that they discovered that, generally speaking, the more thankful people are in their life, the, happy, the happier their lives are. They're more generally happy people. Now, how many in the room would like to be a more happier person in your life? Three of us. How many of you in the room would like for everyone else around you to be happier? Oh, 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 okay, okay. Now it matters. Amen. And so they said these people that tend to show gratitude, and there's a lot of studies over this, and they said their, their brains lit up, and you know, we live in a world that there's people who are atheists, they don't see the mind as an integral part of the person that God created you to be. They see it as a brain that's there because it's there to solve problems, because you need to be able to survive in this world. They don't have God in the picture. But we know that we don't just have a brain. We have a mind. And our mind, as we think and we make choices... To, and we make decisions to be thankful, it affects our life. And this is what Solomon said to us. Solomon said to us, as a man thinks, as he thinks in his heart, so is he. As you think, that affects the heart of who you are. And that, is, that determines the course of life that is lived out of you. It starts in the mind, it starts in the way you think, but it affects your soul, it affects your heart, and you become how you think. 
And this is why Solomon went on to say in chapter 4, verse 23, he said, keep your heart. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. Before gratitude is a posture of the heart, it is a decision of the mind. So if you want to be a person of gratitude and thanksgiving, and you, i.e. you want to live a happier, healthier life, God lets us know you need to be a thankful person. You need to be a person of gratitude. Amen. The Mayo Clinic went on to say that they found that when a person is thankful, it improves their sleep. I must not have been thankful last night. It improves their mood. It improves their immunity system. It in, they discovered that thankful people... They, they experience a decrease in depression and anxiety. It reduces difficulties with chronic pain and the risk of disease. And they said if this was a pill, everybody would be taking it. Well, the, the divinely prescribed pill for a happy, holy, and healthy existence is a heart of gratitude and thanksgiving. Amen. Let's start early right now. Turn to somebody and tell them with genuine sincerity Thank you very much. Go ahead and start right there, right now. So the best thing, the best thing that you and I can do for ourselves is to be a person of genuine gratitude and a person full of thanksgiving and to keep and to reap the benefits and the power of this positive thinking. There are a couple of things that we need to do. First of all, we need to deal with the excuses for why we do not show gratitude. We need to uh, eliminate the excuses for our ingratitude. Now, I know nobody in the room thinks that they are not, they're, they're, that they're an unthankful person, but it might be the person sitting right beside you that we might be preaching about here today. But let me go back to Luke chapter 17. Remember there were 10 people that were struck with leprosy, which is a debilitating disease that eventually would consume the person, ultimately and finally eating them alive, as it were. And these 10 men cried out in desperation to the Lord, Have mercy! Save me! Cleanse me! Heal me! And Jesus said to them, go to the priest, which was the Old Testament uh, action that every leper who experienced healing or cleansing, they were to first of all go to the Old Testament or the priest in the Old Testament who would look them over and who would evaluate them and determine that they had been cleansed and healed of their leprosy. And so they could go back and they could enter back into society. They wouldn't have to live a quarantine life and die alone. And so Jesus said to them, go. And as they were going, the Bible said, the healing started happening. And their bodies were cleansed. And they were all healed. Not just one of them, but all ten of them were healed. But there was a Samaritan in the group of them. That he was not a Jew. But he was going with them. But when he recognized that he was cleansed of his leprosy, the first thing he did before he went off to the 
the priests as he made his way back to the Lord and he fell on his face and he worshiped the Lord and he gave thanks to the Lord and glorified the Lord because God had healed him and God had restored him and God had set him free and he knew, hey, the most important thing for me is not to have somebody tell me that I am healed, but go to the one who healed me and say, Lord, thank you. Thank you for your cleansing power. Thank you for your healing power in my life. And Jesus looked at the man and he was in awe of him. And he said, and I love this, the, Lord, the Lord's awesome. He's like, weren't there ten of you? Where are the other nine? I love that. I love that. Where, were there not nine others? Where are those nine? What's their excuse for not coming here? To say thank you. What's in their heart? Why are they, why are they living the way that they're living? Why, what, what's, what's going on in them that they're not able to come back to me and give me the thanks? And so I was thinking about this. I was thinking about how we live in a culture in, of unthankfulness and ingratitude. And in fact, Paul tells us in Romans chapter 1 that one of the reasons of the condition of the fallen man, he said in Romans 1, he said that although they knew God, they did not glorify Him as God, nor were they thankful. But they became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. You see, at the very core of fallen humanity is the unwillingness to be thankful to God for the life that they have. I can tell you where you can start to be thankful, that you're on this side of the grave. That's a good place to start. Amen. And then Paul went on to say in 2 Timothy chapter 3, he said, in the last days. I don't know about you, but I get the feeling we're in the last days. And he said, in the last days, perilous times will come, for men will be lovers of themselves, they will be lovers of money, they will be boasters, they will be proud, they will be blasphemers, they will be disobedient to parents, watch, they will be unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, there's a lot of uns in there. And among all of the things, he said, what is at the core of human brokenness? Unthankfulness ingratitude and so we need to deal with this in our own heart instead of looking out into a world that's grappling with this we need to find out am I dealing with my own ingratitude and unthankfulness well there's some excuses that we need to deal with the first one I want to talk about is the pride excuse and the pride excuse for not being thankful goes like this why do I need to give thanks when everything I have I worked for it I did it myself nobody did this for me that's pride that's arrogance this is a person who thinks that the good in their life is the result of their own doing really you're not here because Somebody else, else in your life because your mom, your dad, your, your friends, other people in your life. And you certainly aren't here without the reality of God. But it's pride to say, I don't need to give thanks to God. I don't need to take the time to 
worship God as Rachel was in, uh, encouraging us and exhorting us to do, which is basically an element of thanksgiving. Why, why do I need everything I have and everything I've attained? It's all been me. Look at me. Yeah, look at you. Amen. With all due respect. Pride is the attitude that gratitude is somehow beneath me. We very often forget that we are the benefactors of the goodness of others around us and of the God before us. I love what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. Paul said, And if everything you have is from God, why do you boast as though it were not a gift? Paul said, Everything you have is from God. Why do you think that you did it? You didn't do it. Now, you were a part of the process. God gave you gifts and abilities, and He wants you to step out in your destiny and your purpose. Yes, you are a divine creation of Him, and He's giving you wonderful abilities, but don't get it wrong. You could never be where you are without the reality of God. Period. Amen. Are we okay out there? Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Here's another excuse. Close to pride, but different. It's the entitlement excuse. And this goes like this. Why do I need to be thankful when I only got what I had coming to me? I deserved this. I deserved this. Entitled people are those who feel that what they have is something they deserved or it was owed to them. Remember now going back to Luke chapter 17, the 10, all 10 of them were healed. Only one of them came and said thank you. And many scholars believe that the other nine were probably Jewish people who had been healed of their leprosy. There was one Samaritan in the group of 10. And the other nine were Jews who did not return to the Lord because maybe they had this attitude, well, this is what we were owed. We're the chosen people of God. This is what we expect. We're chosen of God. This is, this is what I should have coming to me. And the one Samaritan knew he was not worthy and was very grateful for God's goodness in his life. But the nine, maybe they felt entitled Entitled people are those who never say thank you to those who are just doing what they're paid for. Amen. Entitled people think, why do I need to say thank you? They're just doing their job. Amen. Sometimes we're ungrateful and unthankful. Because we think we deserve what we got. But here's another one. Here's another excuse for being ungrateful. It's the busyness excuse. It's I've got so much going on that I don't have time to be thankful. Sometimes we live such fast-paced lives or trying to meet all the demands of life that we can't take the time to stop and smell the roses and be thankful and grateful for what we have going on in our life. We're so consumed with busyness 
then we don't have time to give God all the glory. Or other people around us. This isn't just about my relationship to God. It's my relationship to the world around me. People who are Christian and people who are not Christian. Amen. So busy. I'm so busy. We can get so hurried by life and get so busy that we forget to stop and give God all the thanks for the great things that he has done. Remember what David said in Psalms 103. He said, hey, bless the Lord. He's talking to himself. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Watch. Forget none of his benefits. Don't forget God in this. Everything I have, everything I possess, every blessing I've incurred in my life, and everything that I've experienced in my life is a blessing from the Lord. Don't forget it. Stop. And give Him thanks. Amen. Stop going into the day without giving Him thanks. Stop. And throughout the course of the day, and give Him thanks. And stop and give people thanks around you. Because God may be blessing you through them. Amen. Even that mean neighbor. Amen. For many of us, for many of us, the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desires for other things have entered in and choked out a heart of thanksgiving. We become so consumed with all that we're after and doing and trying to accomplish that it chokes out this word be thankful. Amen. Here's another excuse for ingratitude. It's the suffering excuse. What's there to be thankful for when my life hurts so bad? It's hard to be thankful when you're in a lot of pain. Amen. You guys awake out there? I'm not putting you to sleep. Maybe I need to yell and spit more. No. What's there to be so thankful for when life hurts? Whether it's the pain of physical affliction, emotional brokenness over the woundedness of others, or the pain of a broken relationship. People can find it extremely hard to express gratitude and to express thanksgiving. The suffering they are feeling screams louder than the blessings they possess. Sometimes we're too sad or we're too mad to be glad and to be thankful and to give God the glory in our lives. And this is when bitterness can set into our soul. And you know what bitterness does? Bitterness cannibalizes a heart of thanksgiving. It eats away. And you can't be. Anybody here ever met a bitter Christian? They're the worst bitter people on planet earth. You expect that from people who don't know the Lord. But a person who actually knows the Lord... Someone who knows the salvation of God. Someone who has the living word of God and the spirit of God living in them. But they press into their bitterness. They lean into their brokenness. And they can be the sourest people. Amen. Aren't you glad I'm preaching against Christians today? We can be so bitter that we eat away at ourselves 
There's one other excuse I want to bring to your attention, and it's the discontentment excuse. This is a reason why people don't show thanksgiving, because they're discontented with life. They say something like this, it's hard to be thankful when you're disappointed with how your life has turned out. This is just a little bit different than the pain you might be feeling because discontentment very often is when we focus on, listen, it's when we focus on what God has given us rather than on what God has not given us. We look sometimes and we're like, really, Lord? Could you, I mean, what, what's going on, Lord? I, why, why am I, why did you, why did you, Give me this, and I didn't get this. I had this expectation. I thought things were going to be different. I thought things were going to happen differently. And sometimes it's not a matter of what God has done or not done, but this is how we view it sometimes. And we start, and we get, we grow discontented. I I read in preparation for this, I found a great quote, and I don't know who said it, but they said this, the foundation of gratitude is the expectation of nothing. If you have expectations about the way things are going to turn out, what's going to happen, the way it's going to happen, and when it's going to happen, you might end up being very, very disappointed in life. And this is why David said in Psalm 62, 5, he said, he's talking again to himself, in Psalm 62, 5, he said, my soul, that's, that's a guy talking to himself, my soul, wait silently for God alone, for my expectation is from him. Don't put your expectation in your job, in people, in your wife, in your children, in America, in the president. You put your expectation in God. Amen. When God and others don't do what we want, when we wanted it, or how we wanted it, we can get really disappointed in life. And we got to be very careful of that. I love how Paul said, in whatever state I am in, I have learned to be content. I have learned contentment. You know, that's a guy who was beaten and shipwrecked and forsaken and he's like wherever I'm at here's what I know I don't like the way things I don't I don't like the way things have happened in my life but I know that I'm in God's purpose that's it and so he's like I can be content and just remember this he wrote the book of Philippians where he said I can be content in all things while he was imprisoned. He's like, I'm good with it. They got me quarantined. They got me in lockdown. I can handle it. Because through Christ, I can do anything. Amen. So these are some of the reasons. We need to deal with these reasons for ingratitude in our heart. But once we deal with the excuses, then the second thing that we need to do is determined that we're going to be a person who expresses gratitude everywhere we go, every day of our life, in whatever situation we are in. 
we are going to be people of thanks. Amen. Because there is power in positive thanking. There is power when you and I set our heart to be a person of thanksgiving. Now, I did come across this. I think this will come up on the screen for you. G.K. Chesterton said, when it comes to life, the critical thing is whether you take things for granted or you take things with gratitude. In life, here's the critical thing. Do I take it for granted or do I take it with gratitude? This is really important. We need to be, the, we need to be a kind of person that believes if it wasn't for God, if it wasn't for the Lord. Amen. To be a positive person who gives thanks, number one, let me just share with you a couple of things. Give thanks and be thankful on purpose. On purpose. Everybody say on purpose. Gratitude or being a person of thanksgiving is a discipline we need to practice on purpose, intentionally. Amen. Remember, when someone did something for you, your mom or your dad would say, what do you say? And if you haven't been training your children to do that, you better start. Or they'll grow up in greats. Yes, they will. And they will think the world revolves around them and their passions and their desires. Amen. Being thankful is an attitude of humility and you got to do it. And when you do it, you got to be purposeful about it. I love, in the Old Testament, David loved God. And he wanted to build a place for God to abide in. And the Lord said, you can't build me a temple. So David said, well, if I can't build you a temple, I'm going to build you a tent. And it's called David's Tabernacle. And so he built and constructed this tent until the temple could be built by his son Solomon. And when he brought the Ark of the Covenant in, the Bible said that David had all these worshipers and he had all these Levites and all these ministers coming and doing various functions. And it says in 1 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 4, it says, Then David appointed the following Levites to lead the people in worship before the ark of the Lord, to invoke his blessings, watch, to give thanks and to praise the Lord, the God of Israel. I love that. David said, here's your job. Your job is to give thanks. That's what you're supposed to do. Now there were other Levites, there were other family groups, there were other people who had other responsibilities, but this particular group of Levites, here's what your job is. Your job is to give thanks. Amen. I want to tell you something. As the priesthood of believers now, we are a royal priesthood, right? We are a holy nation. Come on, can I get a good amen out there? I'm going to tell you what your job is. Give him thanks. Be purposeful. Every day of your life, don't let a day begin without giving God thanks. 
Don't let a time go by in your family, in your home, where you don't acknowledge what they're doing for you and through you and, and, and with you and give them thanks. Take the time with people around you in a world that is thankless, prideful, and entitled, and sometimes bitter about the way thing, things are, and set the tone of thanksgiving. There's power in it. Amen. Be purposeful. Be purposeful. Say thank you. What do you say? Thank you. Number two, give thanks on purpose. Number three, give thanks through praise. We're to enter into His gates with thanksgiving. The, the best way to spend time in the presence of the Lord is first of all, is to first of all, just focus on thanksgiving and praise. You know what, pray, praise and thanksgiving are really, they're, they're two sides of the same coin. On the one side, praise is acknowledging the greatness of God. This is who you are. This is the greatness of who you are. But thanksgiving is more personal. It gets, it gets more uh, closer to home when you're saying to him, thank you, not only for who you are, but for what you're doing in my life. And focusing on what God is doing instead of looking at what isn't happening when you want it, how you want it, the way you want it. Focus on what God is doing and the things that He is bringing into your life and the way that He is changing you and transforming you and the way that He is uh, strengthening your marriage and the way He has given you strength to endure the, the hardships of life. Give Him thanks because you wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for Him. Amen. And so we need to thank God through praise. David said in Psalm 69, verse 30, I will praise the name of God with a song, and I will magnify Him, that is to make Him great, with thanksgiving. So every time you thank the Lord and express your gratitude to God, you're, you're basically the idea of magnification is that God, you can't make God any bigger than He is, but you make Him bigger in your own thinking. You bring Him into focus in your own thoughts. Amen. And I, I want to, there's something powerful about thanking God in a spirit of praise. Now, I told you about David when he built his tabernacle and he brought in the Ark of the Covenant. Now I want to go to when Solomon built the tabernacle, or the, yeah, when uh, Solomon built the temple, and they were bringing the Ark of the Covenant in. This is what it says that Solomon did. He says in Second Chronicles chapter 5, it says that the trumpeters and the singers performed together in unison to praise and give thanks to the Lord, accompanied by trumpets and cymbals and other instruments. They raised their voices and praised the Lord with these words, He is good. Everybody say that. He is good. His faithful love endures forever. Let's say it. His faithful love endures forever. At that moment, everybody say at that moment. At that moment, a thick cloud filled the temple of the Lord. And the priests could not continue their service because, the, because of the cloud, for, for the glorious presence of the Lord filled the temple. Amen. How many of you want to experience that kind of glory in your life? 
Well, I want to tell you something. You don't have to wait till Sunday morning. Wasn't worship great today? Come on, isn't it great to worship the Lord? And I believe the presence of the Lord was manifest in this place. But you can experience the glory of the Lord in your home, in your car, even at that place of work, even with the boss over your shoulder, or at school. When you give God thanks, the Lord responds in His glorious presence. Amen. So give thanks on purpose. Give thanks through praise. Here's another one. Give thanks under pressure. Anybody here ever go through some major, highly intense problems in your life? When you're under a lot of pressure and you don't feel like giving thanks, you feel like saying, where are you, God? Why are you leaving me here? Why am I going through this? I love the, in the New Testament, there's a story in the book of Acts where Paul was on a ship and he was on his way to Rome and the Lord told him, you're going to go to Rome, but they got in out into the sea and they, and a severe storm came and for two weeks, this storm pushed this ship all over the place and they thought that they were going to die out at sea for two weeks. They were in this storm. And they were busy over that two-week period. At first, they started throwing off gear. They just threw off all of their earnings. They were throwing everything overboard because they were trying to keep themselves afloat. Then the Bible tells us they wrapped ropes around the ship to kind of keep it together from falling apart in the storm. And then at one point, they dropped anchor, and all of the sailors aboard the ship were going to jump ship, and they were going to get off. And Paul said to them, don't you jump ship, don't you leave, because the Lord told me, that we're all going to survive if we all stay together. Though he said, the ship will be lost. We're going to make it, but everything that we've built our life around, we may lose it, but we won't be lost ourselves. And so the people for two weeks had not been eating. They were so scared. They were stressed. Maybe they were fasting. I don't know. Maybe they were trying to get desperate. But he said, the Lord came to me and told me, we're all going to make it. So it's time to eat because you need to get ready. You're going overboard God's way. Amen. And so the Bible said in, uh, in Acts chapter 27, it says, Then Paul took some bread, watch, and he gave thanks to God before them all and broke off a piece and he ate it. And then the next verse says, Then everyone was encouraged and began to eat. Do you see what he did in the middle of a storm in his life? He stopped and he gave thanks. The only way you're going to make it through the stuff that you don't want to be in is not to jump ship and take off and do it in your own way. No, you stay right where God has you. But you give Him thanks right there. And keep Him as the focus of your attention and the desire of your heart. And everything else may crumble around you, but you won't. Whew, come on now. You're going to make it. So that's why you're thankful. God's going to get you through this. Yeah, you're in a storm. Yeah, you're going through a trial. Yeah, absolutely, it is no fun. 
The last thing you do is get bitter, angry, upset, quit, walk off, run away, turn, get mad at God. That's the last thing. That shouldn't even be on the list of things you might do. Amen. Come on. I may look mad, but I'm not mad. We encourage ourselves in the Lord. Here's how you encourage yourself in the Lord. When you stop and give him thanks, even when you're going through hell. David encouraged himself in the Lord when his own men wanted to kill him. It doesn't say what he did. It just says he went off and encouraged himself in the Lord. I, I got to kind of think maybe he was just saying, thank you, God. All the men on board that ship were encouraged out of that thanksgiving. Amen. That was their Thanksgiving feast. Amen. Which is what we're going to have Thursday. Right? So give thanks under pressure. Here's another one. Give thanks in prayer. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 18 says, Be thankful in all circumstances. Is, is that the only verse? Is there nothing before that? Let me read this to you. Verse 16 says, Always be joyful. Everybody say that with me. Always be joyful. How often should we be joyful? Always, right? And then the next verse says, Never stop praying. Oh, wait a minute. As a, as a, I'm to never stop praying, right? Then the verse 18 that says this, be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. What's the will of God for my life? To be thankful. To be thankful for what? Or where? In all circumstances. Amen. That bad circumstance. Just be thankful. Be joyful. Never stop praying, though. In fact, in your spirit of prayer, rejoice in the Lord and be thankful in the Lord because God hears your prayer. Paul said in Colossians chapter 4, verse 2, he says, devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. Stay devoted to praying. Keep your mind alert in what? Thanksgiving. Amen. Praying in a spirit of thanksgiving, really what it does is it, it sharpens your perspective on what's going on. When I pray with, a, with thanksgiving, what I'm doing is I'm getting God's point of view on the problems that's going on around me. But not only that, Paul tells us that when we pray with thanksgiving, we actually usher in the peace of God in our thoughts, in our mind. I don't have the scripture up there, but in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, it says, do not be anxious or worry about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Make your requests known unto God, and the peace of God, which transcends all human understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. 
So when you're praying, when you're going through a problem, when you're under pressure, when you're, going, when you're facing difficulty in your life, when you pray, let's whine less and thank more. Let's stop being a whiner and being a thanker. Amen. And begin to thank the Lord for the good things that He's doing. And then the final thing, this is the final thing to be to determine to be a person of gratitude is to give thanks or to be thankful for the people in your life. And I would say this, not just for the people in your life, but to the people in your life. Paul said in Philippians chapter 1, I want to read verses 3 through 6. I love these words. Listen to these words. Paul says, Every time I think of you, when I read that, I thought of the police. Anybody know that? Every time I think of you. We could put that melody to, every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God whenever I pray. No, I'm sorry. No. Every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God. Whenever I pray, now remember, he's in prison writing this. If anybody had the right to be sour right now, it's him. If anybody had the right to say, you know what, I'm not feeling it. So he says, whenever I pray, I make my request for all of you with joy. For you have been my partners in spreading the good news about Christ from the time you first heard it until now. And this is that famous verse. And I am certain that God, who began a good work within you, will continue His work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. How many are you looking forward to the coming of the Lord? So Paul's writing to his friends. And he said, I think of you guys. And I'm so thankful for you. And it makes me pray for you. Because I love you. Because you have loved me. You have stood by my side. You've been supportive in my ministry. We have worked together. We have loved together. We have cried together. We went through painful situations together. And he's writing to people who will find out later in the book they're fussing and fighting with one another. And that's why he says, verse uh, 6 there, when he says, I'm confident that God's going to work this all out. (laughs) I'm confident that you're going to get your act together. But I want you to know that I'm thankful for you. I'm not mad about at at you. I'm I'm not mad at you. And God isn't mad at you. And you need to get your things together, you need to get your act together, but I'm just knowing this, I'm not only thankful for you, but I'm thankful for what God is doing in you, even though I don't see it right here, right now. Sometimes we just got to really express our gratitude and give thanks to the people in our lives to say thank you for standing with me, for believing in me, for praying for me. For not giving up on me when you could have given up on me. Amen. God is good and so are the people in your life. 
and you need to say thank you. Do like your mom or your dad told you. What do you say? Thank you. Amen. It's not going to kill you. It's not going to kill you. In fact, it's powerful. It'll not only transform your heart, but it'll transform the hearts of people around you. So with Mayo Clinic and Harvard Health, they came way late. God already told us this is the key to life. Amen. Can we stand together? Awesome. Can I have the prayer folks come on up here, those who are going to be praying? So I'm going to dismiss us in prayer. I do one more time want to wish you all a happy Thanksgiving, but if you need prayer, maybe you're under pressure right now, you're going through a battle, or you need a physical touch of healing in your body, we have some awesome people up here that would love the opportunity to pray with you. I'll make myself available as well. So let me pray. You'll be dismissed to go. Coffee will be served. And uh, yeah, you're welcome. Yeah. Let me pray. Yeah, okay. It had a beat. We could dance to it. All right. Father God, we love you so much and thank you for your goodness in our lives. Just love you, Lord. Could you just lift your hands with me right now all over this place? Let's speak audible words of thanks. Just say, Lord, thank you for saving me. Thank you for healing me. Thank you, Lord, for the gas in my car. Thank you for the rain that comes upon the land. Thank you, Lord, for restoring my soul when I was so broken and thought I I didn't have a tomorrow. Thank you, Lord, that you brought me here today to be reminded of your greatness and of your goodness. Lord, I pray for all these folks, all of us here, God, that we would live, transform lives, be renewed in the spirit of our mind with a heart of thanksgiving. Bless us all. Help us to leave this place, God, shining the light of gratitude everywhere we go. Let people encounter you when they see us. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody says, amen. God bless you. Have a great day.